We are continuing our series called Words, Life or Death, and this week I'm sharing on receiving the Holy Spirit. So I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture, all right? 1 Corinthians 12 and Matthew 3. So open your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians 12, and then put a marker at Matthew chapter 3. Receiving the Holy Spirit, three points. Here's point number one. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us. The word baptizo in the Greek means to immerse, immerse, to put fully. If you were to immerse something, it's going to get completely wet. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. And we're only going to read part of this verse because it's all we really need. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 says, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. By one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us into, this is the body here, is the body of Christ or Jesus. So I'm going to do something that I don't do a lot, but I'm going to write it on the board because I, I think it will help us to, to see this, all right? So the Holy Spirit, and you'll see, you'll see why as we go along here and, and how it comes together for us, baptizes us in Jesus, all right? Everyone got that? Thank you. All right, here's number two. All right, and I'll just go ahead and write it on the board. The disciple baptizes us in water. You can tell from my writing that I have a doctor's degree. So, <clears throat> the disciples baptizes us. Someone asked me what my doctor was in. It's in literature, actually, and they said, oh, what does that mean? I said, I really don't know. But anyway, all right, the disciple baptize us in water. Now, you don't need to turn this scripture, all right? We'll get to Matthew 3 in a minute. This is a very famous scripture, Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples. This is the Greek word, matheitousetā. So, all of you can remember that. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them or immersing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this would be in water. Notice I said the disciple, because when we get baptized in water, it doesn't have to be a pastor, it's just a disciple. Uh, we've had many fathers baptize their children uh, because it needs to be a disciple. So everyone knows about water baptism and we've done whole messages on water baptism. I'm simply showing that to you because I wanna show you three baptisms that we all need to experience, all right? Here's number three. I'll go ahead and write it on the board for you. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Last night, I misspelled holy and put hoy. My wife was gracious enough to point it out to me. So, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. This is what we want to focus on. The whole message we want to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit or what the Bible calls the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the reason I want to show you this is because it's very important to understand the difference between this first baptism and the third baptism. And this is actually, I wish I hadn't have taken my marker, but I'll use a different color then. This is actually, if you want to talk about grammar, 
This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this is the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. This is what tricked me up because, because I, 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 when someone says something, I hear exactly what they say grammatically. And so people would say, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? In other words, the baptism that the Holy Spirit performs. I would say, yes, when I got saved. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. But the Bible talks specifically about a baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. And let me show it to you. Everyone in Matthew 3 now, just flip over there to Matthew 3. You are in 1 Corinthians 12, now go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3, verse 11. This is John the Baptist speaking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, now he's referring to Jesus, obviously, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. With is a, a preposition, and even in the Greek, it's an article which could be translated in, in or with. They mean the same, all right? Notice very carefully, he will baptize you with the Spirit. Now, I want you just to remember in your mind, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, where we started. It said, by the Spirit, we are baptized into the body, into Jesus. So, number one, again, the Holy Spirit baptized us in Jesus. But notice very carefully in Matthew 3, 11, he, Jesus, will baptize you with or in the Spirit. Now, listen to me carefully. Theologically, these can't be the same. But here's what really gets to me. Grammatically, they can't be the same. You have two different subjects. There is no way that any theologian or any grammarian could tell me that these are the same. They cannot be the same. Because one is the Holy Spirit that baptizes you into the body of Christ. But this is very clearly Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to immerse us, completely surround us, get us completely filled with, to overflowing the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I want to show you. As we go through this and talk about this, I'm going to tell you something very unusual about this and very um, specific about this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is in every gospel. Now, that may not surprise you because you may not understand that in every gospel, there are only a few things that are in every, in every gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic or similar gospels. John is not a synoptic gospel. Here's the reason why. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the birth of Jesus, and then they move immediately to after the beheading of John the Baptist, which is the third year of Jesus' ministry. They only cover the third year of Jesus' ministry, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in 70 AD, John, the, the apostle John, who was the last living disciple, thought to himself, no one talked about the first two years of his ministry. And so he wrote the, the book of John then at that point. And he covered the first two years of ministry. That's why we have things in John that you don't have in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And you see, many times you'll read it in Matthew, and then you'll say, I wonder what this, this parable it says in Mark or in Luke. But in John, you start even with John chapter 2, uh, the, the wedding at Cana. John 3, the, the uh, uh, Nicodemus, the conversation, you must be born again. John 4, the woman at the well. Uh, you go into 
I mean, you just go, you got all this stuff, the woman caught in adultery in John 8, uh, the blind man in John 9, you've got Lazarus being raised from the dead, you have the conversation, John uh, 14, 15, and 16, the conversation at the Last Supper, none of that's recorded in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. So the reason I'm telling you this, let me tell you what is recorded in all four Gospels, for sure. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ which is the gospel according to 1 Corinthians 15, I talked about that on Easter, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit in all four gospels. Okay, we just read it in Matthew, all right? Now, I'm going to ask you to do something that we, we hardly ever do here for the sake of time, but I've allotted the time to do it. Flip to Mark chapter 1, okay? This is the way we have, used to have to do things in church before we had technology, because you couldn't put Scripture on the screen. You know, and then we got into technology where we had the overheads. How many of you remember the overheads? You had a guy at the front that usually fell asleep, and he'd have the, he wouldn't put the change the overhead when the song changed. For okay, never mind. And he also had fingerprints that uh, never mind. Uh, okay, Mark chapter one. Everyone there, verse eight. John the Baptist again says, "I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." Turn to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. I don't know if you can remember this, if numbers stick in your mind, but it's in Matthew 3 and Luke 3 and Mark 1 and John 1. I told my wife that one time and she said, I have no idea why you're telling me that. Well, I said, sure, because you can remember then. It's in Matthew and Luke 3 and in Mark and John 1. She said that. I will never, ever remember that. I promise you. I thought that's how you remember things. Okay. All right. Luke chapter 3. Verse 16, John the Baptist again says, I answered, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Notice the similarity again in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now go to John chapter 1, and you'll see how it's a little different in John. John chapter 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, so it's kind of easy to just follow the progression here. And after this, we'll go to Acts 1, which is the next book after John. John chapter 1, verse 33. This is John the Baptist speaking again, but we'll see a little different slant on it now. John 1, 33. I did not know him. John the Baptist said, I didn't know Jesus, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, now watch this, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. The one upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. This is the one. You, this is very important because the Holy Spirit had never ever descended and remained on a person. He descended on people in the Old Testament, but he would not remain. If you remember, he descended on King Saul, and then when King Saul offered the sacrifice without Samuel being there, the Holy Spirit left him. If you remember, he descended upon David then, and then David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and his, in his prayer of repentance in Psalm 51, David says this, take not thy spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And he, had, he repented, and the Holy Spirit came back. Now, the Father says to John, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now, when did John the Baptist see the Spirit descending and remaining on Jesus. It was when he water baptized him. If you remember when Jesus was water baptized, it says that the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit 
like a dove descended on Jesus, came on Jesus. Now, here's something I want you to understand. Again, you know, I, I, I look at things grammatically. Like a dove is a simile, which means it adds to the sentence. It gives a little color to it, but it's not the, in, in the root of the sentence, the base of the sentence. So here, the Holy Spirit is the subject here. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on Jesus. Here's, my, here's, here's what bothers me sometimes. Many, many people think that that sentence reads this way. A dove, like the Spirit, descended on Jesus. Because we've all seen the movie. We've all seen the dove fly down, you know, from heaven. I heard about this old preacher one time that he wanted to do an illustration. And there was a, a, a hole above the pulpit where a vent had been at one time, and it had never been filled in. And so he got this uh, a little boy, and he put him up in the attic with a dove. And he said, when I say the Holy Spirit came down, you throw the dove down. <laughs> and so he got to his message and he said, the Holy Spirit came down. Nothing happened. He said, I said, the Holy Spirit came down. Nothing happened. The Holy Spirit came down. And he heard this voice say, pastor, a cat ate the Holy Ghost. You want me to throw the cat down? <laughs> okay. So, so a dove... A dove, like the Holy Spirit didn't descend, the Holy Spirit came on Jesus. Everyone get it? Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit on this earth. And I have a very, very simple question for you. If Jesus needed to receive the Holy Spirit, needed the Holy Spirit to come on him when he was on this earth, and we all know the Holy Spirit came on him, if Jesus needed to be baptized with, anointed with the Holy Spirit. Do we need to? Now, when we look at these uh, things, let me get my, this marker. I want you to, to just notice three words because we're going to look at these all through the book of Acts and in other scriptures. Salvation, water, we're talking about baptisms now, and spirit. In other words, this first baptism happens at salvation. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ, which is wonderful to be, and I wish I could just take a whole message on that, what it means to be in Christ, in Christ. We're not in Christ. By the way, that's a really good thing to be in Christ. And no one can pluck you out of his hand and no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. You ought to be excited about that. All right, so the Holy Spirit baptizes, that happens at salvation. Uh, then we get water baptized, and there, I could do a whole message, and I have done whole messages on water baptism and the cutting of the flesh, the leaving of the old man in the water, what happens at water baptism, and then we get baptized in the Spirit. Okay, now I just want to just uh, bring something up to you. Is Jesus our example? Yes, He's our example. So did Jesus have these three things in His life? Okay, well, hold, hold on, let me explain one. It's, very, it's a good answer, yes, but let me explain something to you. First of all, was Jesus saved? Well, hold on a minute, all right? Um, he didn't need to be saved because he saves. <laughs> all right, let me say it another way. Uh, the Bible called, refers to salvation as being born again. Okay, Jesus did not need to be born again because he was born right the first time. In other words, we were born sinners. But we were born again, now this might shock you, we were born again perfect children of God. Not by works, but by grace. Okay? So, I, I, I'm, I, this is going to shock you again, but I'm perfect in my position before God. 
I'm not perfect in my performance. I wish I were, but I'm not. But I'm perfect in my position because I stand in Christ before God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so Jesus, we need to be born again, but here's what, when we're born again, we're born children of God. Jesus was born a child of God. And then he was water baptized and he was baptized in the spirit. So we need these three things. So now turn to Acts chapter one. And I want, to, I want you to notice as we go through a few scriptures, the baptism in the Holy, these three baptisms in all these verses we're gonna go through, all right? Acts chapter one, it's just to the right of John, be the first book to the right of John. Acts one, these are the last words of Jesus that we're about to read. These are the last words. He, that this, this last thing he said, right after he said this, he ascended into heaven, all right? Look at verses four and five. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Please remember the word promise, all right? I want you to wait for the promise, the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly, he's going back to all these verses we read, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. For John truly, John the Baptist, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he had to ascend to the Father before he could pour out the Holy Spirit, okay? So here's what he said, wait for the promise and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then we read last weekend, actually, Acts 2, how the Holy Spirit came when the day of Pentecost had fully come, all right? And then Peter stands up and preaches a message and says, this is what was foretold by the prophets in Joel. And he tells them about it. And then look down at verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, I want you to watch for the three baptisms. What shall we do? Okay, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent. Okay, that's how you get saved. Repent and let every one of you be baptized. There's water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive, now notice the three things. Repent, get saved, and be baptized, water baptism, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now let me just clarify one thing. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not one particular gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and all the gifts. In other words, if I said to um, Pastor Gene here, if I said, Pastor Gene, I'm going to give you the, no, no, I'm just joking, sit down. I'm not, I'm not, no way I'm giving you this watch, buddy. It's, it was, I got it for a really good deal. Okay, so um, if I said I'm going to give you the gift of this watch for being here 10 years at, at Gateway, and then when we have his party, I, I give him the, the minute hand. And he said, I thought you were going to give me the gift of the watch. And I said, oh, the gift of the watch means one gift, one part of the, of the watch. See, it doesn't mean that. And that's what we've done. People said the gift of the Holy Spirit is tongues. No, that's one of the gifts of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is the Spirit. <laughs> that's what's wonderful. And then you get all the rest of it with Him, all right? Now, remember Jesus said, wait for the promise. Now, here's what some people have said. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit was just for the 120. It was just for the people on the day of Pentecost. But remember, Jesus said it's called the promise. Wait for the promise, and the promise is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that, it's very clear. Look at the very next verse, verse 39. For the promise, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit, 
is to you and to your children, watch, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That's us. That's us. We get to receive the gift too. But notice the three baptisms. They said, what shall we do? He said, repent, I want you to get saved, be baptized, and then receive the Holy Spirit. All right, look over at Acts chapter eight, just a few pages to your right. Acts eight, Philip goes to Samaria and he preaches Christ to them. And see if you see that they get saved, water baptized, and then receive the Holy Spirit. Acts eight, verse 12. But when they believed Philip, their salvation, they believed as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, so they believed in the kingdom and what about Jesus, both men and women were baptized. Now they got water baptized. They got saved, then they got water baptized. Now look at verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who when they had come down, gave them the right hand of Christian fellowship because they had everything they needed. Is that what your Bible says? Because we've been told that's that that's all you need. You need to get saved and water baptized. That's what we've been told. Watch what it says though. Who when they'd come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they were saved. Why would they go, why would Peter and John Disciples, apostles, go pray for people who had been saved to receive the Holy Spirit if they already had the Holy Spirit. It's just crazy. It's like the Bible doesn't know the theology that we know today. Watch, it's so clear who prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And then it explains it. For as yet he had fallen or baptized, immersed, none of them. They, laid, uh, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me just remind you, the, uh, the uh, title of the message is Receiving the Holy Spirit. Many, many believers have been saved and water baptized and have not received the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you something. Did you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes or no? <laughs> it would help me because I pastor all of you, and I'd like to know. Okay? All right. Did you receive Jesus? Yeah. Means you opened your heart to him and you said, Jesus, you can be the Lord of my life and you can run my life and I will receive everything you have. Yes. Okay. Why would you not receive the Holy Spirit? Why would you not say to him, I want you as well to lead me, to guide me, to help me, to direct me, to help me be the husband and father I need to be. I receive you, Holy Spirit. And, 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 and I, obviously it's because we think we've already received him that when we receive Jesus, we received him, that's what we think. And I understand that when we get saved, the Holy Spirit does come to live inside of us, but Jesus wants to baptize us with the Holy Spirit, anoint us with the Holy Spirit. All right, turn to Acts chapter 19, just to the right. Acts chapter 19. By the way, you can read later this week, Acts chapter 10, where the Gentiles, when they heard the gospel, received the Holy Spirit also. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Now, does the Bible call them disciples? Okay, that means they were disciples. <clears throat> now, watch what Paul said in verse 2. This is, very, this is paramount 
to our, our message this week. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, look, look at me for a moment. Paul wrote a third, a little over a third of the New Testament. That is a little over uh, a third more than you wrote. <laughs> and then I wrote, okay? This is the greatest apostle that ever lived. Uh, this is the apostle that said, there are some revelations that I've received that I can't tell you about because they're too weighty for you. You will not be able to understand them. We can't understand what he did write. <laughs> I mean, we can by the Spirit, but not on our own. So what did he not write? This is the same apostle that was caught up to the third heaven. You know, most of us want to make it to the first, you know, okay? This guy knows theology. The Holy Spirit used him to pen most of the theology of the New Testament. So he comes to disciples and he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, if you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe, why would the greatest apostle who ever lived ask that question? It seems like he would know correct theology. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It's a very simple question. In other words, did anyone tell you about the Holy Spirit and pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I don't mean this, I really don't mean this derogatorily, I just mean it humorously. I think they went to the same church that I went to growing up because verse three, they said to him, we've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. That's the way I was. I, I haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. I did, we never heard hardly anything about him at all. We, look at verse two. So they said, we've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. Verse three, now he's gonna check out their salvation. <laughs> so he said to them, in the, when, then what were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. Now watch John's baptism because this is a baptism uh, that would represent salvation if in your heart you did what you were supposed to do. That's why he told the Pharisees, you, you can't be, I'm not baptizing you because it's not in your heart. So, they, so verse four, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after them, that is on Christ Jesus. Listen, that's how you get saved. You repent and believe in Jesus. And apparently these guys did. They came to John very uh, uh, serious and they repented and they believed in the one who would come after him, which was Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Verse five, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now they get water baptized. They got saved and they got water baptized. Verse six, and when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Do you see the pattern? People in the New Testament got saved, they got water baptized, and then they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. This, was, this is all through the book of Acts. We were at Acts 1, Acts 8, and Acts 19. Okay, uh, let me just read you this verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Okay, there are three that bear witness in heaven. What do they, to what do they bear witness? They bear witness to the supernatural, that there is a God, the Father, the Word. Now notice that it doesn't refer to Jesus as Jesus, it refers to him as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, that's John 1, 1, and then Revelation 19 says, his name is called the Word of God. That'd be about verse 12 or 13 of chapter 19 of Revelation. His name is the Word of God, so he's the Word. So the Father, the Word, Jesus, and the Spirit. There are three that bear witness in heaven, now remember, we're talking about these three baptisms on earth, that they occur in our lives. 
And sometimes salvation is referred to as blood. Let me tell you why. Because without the shedding of blood, Hebrews says, there is no remission of sin. Jesus shed his blood, you know, the blood washes away all of our sin. It's the blood. We're saved by the blood, okay? So watch the next verse and see if you see the three baptisms, all right? Look at verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in 1983. That's the verse right there that convicted me after reading lots of verses on it. But watch what he said. And there are three on earth that bear witness. He said the Spirit, the water, and the blood, the blood of Jesus, salvation. Spirit baptism, water baptism, and spirit. What do they bear witness to? They bear witness to the fact that there's a God in heaven, the supernatural that changes people's lives. And let me just give you a synopsis quickly of what these three baptisms do in our lives. When we get saved, we become a new person. When we get baptized in water, the old person is cut off. And when we get baptized in the spirit, we get the power to walk in the new. It's a complete work. Now, in order to go to heaven, you just have to be saved. You do. I mean, the thief on the cross said, remember me when you come into the kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Okay, he believed in Jesus. He got saved. He did not get water baptized and spirit baptized. I'm sure he would have liked to have said to the soldiers, listen, I just got saved. I need to go and be water baptized. But they didn't let him go, apparently. So he, he got saved, but he, and so he went to heaven. And there are a lot of believers who get saved, but they don't get water baptized and spirit baptized, so they have no power. There are actually many believers who walked an aisle as a child but really didn't submit their will to Christ. And they really didn't get saved. And later in life they get saved, but because they got baptized before, they don't think they need to be water baptized now. And and so they miss out on this work because this has to occur after salvation. So notice again, salvation, water, and spirit. All right, let me read you another verse. We know that the Old Testament is an example to us. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and 11. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and 11 say, that everything in the Old Testament was written for our instruction as an example to us, all right? Now, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, before I read the next verse, I want you to think about this. Um, Moses was their type of deliverer, okay? Moses was the, their type of Christ, In other words, Christ delivers us from bondage. Moses delivered them from bondage. Moses is not Christ, obviously, but he was a type or a symbol of Christ. I'm saying to you that we need to be baptized into Jesus, who's our deliverer. We need to be baptized in water and the Spirit. Now, sometimes, again, the Bible uses figurative language. The Spirit could be referred to as oil, to be anointed with oil, to be anointed with the Holy Spirit, or it could be referred to as the cloud, okay? Uh, and even fire, because he said the Holy Spirit, Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire. Remember, they were led by the cloud by day. They were led by the fire at night. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led them, okay? So, I'm saying we need to be baptized into Jesus in water and in the Spirit. Watch the figurative language of the very next verse. See if you see the three baptisms. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 2. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud, and in the sea. And notice it uses the word baptized. They were baptized into Moses, 
their type of Christ. They were baptized in the cloud, the spirit, and they were baptized in the sea, water. And it uses very specifically the word baptism. I was uh, talking to Debbie on the way home from the service uh, last night, and she said to me, that's the verse that got me because I saw very clearly the three baptisms. They were baptized into their deliverer, they were baptized in sea, and they were baptized in cloud, water, and spirit. Now, I will show you one more thing, and then we're finished, and um, I'm going to erase it. Had you ever, and I'm going to erase it real well. Did you ever have a professor that erased a board like that and then wrote on it? <laughs> Didn't you hate him? I'm kidding. I had a professor that did that one time, and I didn't even pray for him because, you know, I was so upset with him. <laughs> I want you to know, by the way, despite what you're thinking right now, I'm not OCD. <laughs> okay. All right. This is, you probably have already recognized it because of my artistic ability. This is, can't believe you haven't recognized it yet. This is the Tabernacle of Moses. I just didn't put the little things around. Okay. The holy place and the most holy place. This is the outer court, the inner court, the holy place, the most holy place. God dwelt here, right? I could go into all the analogy of this, but we don't have time for that. Okay. Here's what I want to tell you. Every, there's only one door. Jesus, he's the only, you know, you can't get any other way into God's presence, but only one door. Okay. When you come in, I want you to think about this because we're talking about three, threefold witness, three baptisms, all right? When you come in, obviously our desire is to get in the presence of God as believers. Listen, listen to this. When you came in, there were three things you had to do before you could enter here. Isn't that a coincidence? Three things. And what were those three things? Right here was an altar where you shed the blood of a lamb. What would that represent? Salvation. Jesus is the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb of God. Remember, we're talking about three things. The next step was a laver where you washed with water. What would that represent? water baptism. Then before you could go, there was a third step you had to have before you could enter the presence of God. It was a flask where you were anointed with oil. Anyone have any idea what that would represent? <laughs> the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Here's what's amazing. People come in, they get saved, they say, yes, you need to be water baptized. Okay, I'll get water baptized. Okay, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, I've heard some things about that. I'd rather not do that. I'm going to go on into the presence of God. Anyone know what happened if you went in here incorrectly or wrong? You don't go into God's presence under your rules. You go the way God said to go. Isn't that a coincidence? Three things you had to do before you could go into the Holy of Holies in the most holy place. The blood, the water, and oil. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you.
And can I just tell you that last night, there was anywhere from 25%, depending on which congregation, to 50% of the people that came forward to receive the Holy Spirit. Do not be embarrassed. Do not feel like that you've done something wrong or you're an unspiritual person. Don't let the devil talk you out of this. At every campus in just a moment, and if you're in an overflow room at North Richland Hills, then you can just stand up. If you're in the overflow room, you can just stand up. Or if you want to come into the sanctuary through the altar, you can. You're welcome to. But here's what I want you to do. I'm not even going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I didn't do it in either Saturday night service. If you would like, and I'm going to pray for you, if you would like to receive, I'm going to pray for all of you at once, if you would like to receive the Holy Spirit, I want you at every campus, I want you to get up out of your seat right now, and I want you to come and stand at the altar, right? Just get up and come. Don't, don't you dare let the devil talk you out of this. Don't you dare let pride stop you. If you're on the second level at South Lake, you can go to the exits because we have a pastor there, or you can come on down to the front, all right? If you're on the second level, you can come down these stairs at the front. So come on. Come on, don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't let something stop you. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you want, and listen, nothing weird's going to happen. Because some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, I want the Holy Spirit, but I don't want the weird stuff. Don't, don't you dare let Satan talk you up. Nothing weird's going to happen. I'm going to, ask, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come on you as far as you like praying in a prayer language like I talked about last week. You can do that in your private time, okay, as the Holy Spirit leads you. Okay, so nothing weird's going to happen. So just come on, all right? If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, if you're coming second level, I'm going to wait for you a moment. Again, at, at uh, North Richland Hills in Frisco, please don't be embarrassed. Just get up and come. Come to the front. If you're in an overflow room at NRH, uh, you can just stand up or you can just leave that overflow and you can go into the sanctuary and walk down to the front and just walk to the altar as well. You can just, if you want to, I, that's fine. So come on. Come on. I'm going to wait a moment because we have some more coming. Let me tell you a story while these are coming. This is a true story. When I was in Bible college, I, I studied about D.L. Moody, but they left this part of his testimony out because they did not agree theologically with this. Uh, D.L. Moody pastored in Chicago, a church that just, it just did, it had no power at all. No power at all for years. And these two little old ladies in his church said, Pastor, we're praying for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, thank you, but I've already been baptized the Holy Spirit when I got saved. And they just said, okay. And, they, and he was gracious, and they were gracious. And every now and then they would say, we're praying for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he started studying in Scripture be, because he saw no power in his ministry. Nobody was getting saved. And he saw it in Scripture. And in his basement, he prayed to receive the Holy Spirit, asked Jesus to baptize him in the Holy Spirit. That's who we're going to ask. He said it was like waves of liquid love coming on him. The next week, he got up and preached one of the same sermons he preached before, and many, many people got saved, and hundreds of people started coming, and then thousands, and the power of God came so strongly on D.L. Moody that they said he would walk through a factory, and factory workers in other places would fall on their knees and get saved. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When the power of the Holy Spirit came on the disciples, the Bible says they, that's what they said about them. These men have turned the world upside down. That's the power of the Spirit, all right? So here's what I want you to do. Now to close your eyes if you've come and just turn your hands upward toward heaven. You don't have to lift them over your head at all. Just turn them upward toward heaven. I just want you to be in a receiving mode, all right? 
And I want you to, uh, first of all, pray in your heart. You don't have to pray out loud. And, and, and just pray in your heart and tell the Holy Spirit, I receive you. I, I receive you right now. I receive you, Holy Spirit. And then ask Jesus, because he's the one, according to the scripture, that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Ask Jesus, say, Jesus, I'm asking you today to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And now I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to, I just want to remind you, you receive by faith. The same way you receive Jesus, you receive by faith. So if you don't feel something in the natural, some people do when they accept Christ, some people don't. Don't you let your feelings get in, in, in the way of your faith. I want you right now to know that because you have opened your heart, that God is going to hear our prayer right now. So I want you to receive right now. Jesus, I come to you right now and I ask you to fill my brothers and sisters with the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. From the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet. The same way that the Holy Spirit came on the disciples in the upper room and, and uh, the, uh, the uh, disciples at Samaria and the Gentiles in Acts 10 and in Acts 19, those disciples, I ask you to come on them right now and fill them with your Spirit. From the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, anoint them with the power of the Holy Spirit right now. And I take authority over Satan and every demonic spirit, every spirit of fear and insecurity and rejection, every spirit of anger and bitter, bitterness and malice and envy and jealousy, every spirit of lust and lying and pride, and I rebuke you by the name, power, and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command you to loose them and let them go. Every addiction, every bondage that's held them unbelief, every spirit of fear, I command you to go right now. And every place that the enemy has left, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill them right now right now in Jesus' name. Fill them to overflowing. Fill them with power and love and gentleness and meekness and, and, and faithfulness and self-control. Fill them, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and we tell you right now, we receive you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for baptizing every person right now who wants to receive the Holy Spirit, for baptizing us, immersing us with the Holy Spirit. We receive it right now by faith in Jesus' name. And I want you to just thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now I want to say something to you that here at the altar, um, I want to say something to you, all right? And to all, every person at every campus that either stood or, or uh, prayed that prayer in some way, uh, let me just tell you, the first thing I want to tell you is that Satan's going to lie to you. He's going to tell you, nothing happened, you're different, you're more sinful than the rest of the people, and you know you are, you know, he's, he, he, listen, he's told me that, probably more than he's told you that, all right? And he'll tell you, nothing happened, okay, it's a lie. That's what he does. Remember, if, if his mouth is open, he's lying. If Satan is talking, he's lying. It is a lie from Satan. You receive the Holy Spirit the same way you receive Jesus. It's by faith. So you believe that you asked and he did the work. And I wanna tell you something. You are going to notice a difference. From this day forward, you are going to notice a difference in your life because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about the gifts 
The gifts of the Holy Spirit, let me just remind you, there's a word of knowledge where the Holy Spirit tells you something that you wouldn't have known. And you'll know something about a situation. You'll just have that gut feeling or a word of wisdom. You'll know which direction to go or a gift of faith. You'll have faith to move forward with your marriage or business venture or with one of your children or something. These are all gifts of the Spirit. You can go back and, and get the book, The God I Never Knew, and study that or listen to some sermon series on that, all right? But I want to tell you this also. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of every one of you because you swallowed your pride and you said, I, I want the Holy Spirit. I saw something in Scripture and I want the Holy Spirit of God. Now, here's what we're going to do, all right? We're going to have a worship song, one more worship song, so please don't leave, just one. It's just a chorus, really. Uh, like we do at the end of every service, we're going to have the altar ministry team. They're on the sides. They'll just fill in here. They'll be in the second level. They'll be at every campus. If you want someone to pray with you about something, those of you who are at the front at the altar, you just stay and you just find an, an altar ministry person and let them pray with you. If you're you that are seated, want someone to pray with you about something. Maybe you just got a report this week or you're going through a difficulty. We're going to have this worship song. The altar ministry team will be available. And then after that, Pastor uh, Todd and the campus pastors at NRH and Frisco will release you uh, after this one song, right? So you can go back to your seat if you want to, but if you need prayer, you just stay. But as you're going to your seat, and those of you who are standing, let's worship God and let's thank the Lord for what He did today.